Ah, yes, the funky tunes. That must mean it is another episode of Fantasy Harness Racing, the podcast. Paul Cochran with you, Brett Skelly, Tom Swiderski with me as always. Lads, uh, we're just getting closer and closer, aren't we? Hello, boys. Yes, it's uh, it's getting very close. It's uh, like our Christmas, even though we're, we're post-Christmas now. It's uh, This is our fantasy Christmas. Yes, Tommy. Uh, we've talked in previous episodes about this uh, this bundle of presents, this assortment of gifts that you can assemble and call it your team. And it never stops, constantly <laughs> upgrading and updating. So yeah, it's great and it's getting real close. Not like the kid that's never satisfied with the presents under the tree. That's what we are, us fantasy, uh, fantasy players. And in this context, we apply it to our beautiful sport of harness racing. And today, boys, I thought what we might do is have a look at the, the drivers in the metro region. Uh, it is probably, you know, where the rock stars rock stars live and play. Uh, not to dilute the or, or discredit any of the drivers in the other regions, but it is where I think there's going to be a lot of interest. Where you really are sport for choice. There's a lot of options that you can choose from there, and I think it's going to take some uh, some drilling down and run the forensics and put the blue light on the on the the metro region to try and work out who we should be choosing. Because I think that no matter which way you go, like there's there's guesswork involved. We could put some science and some data around it, but um, you know you're going to come up with some good options, aren't you, Brett? Yeah, that's it. I mean, you could put the top twenty names on this list in a hat, throw it in the air, pick out five or six. You're going to get a good team every single time. So it's about trying to find the best way to place them within your salary cap. Who can you get? So it's 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 a tricky thing, and we've got all the uh, the big kids in the uh, in the pool in this one. Well, I mean, they're big kids price-wise because they drive a lot, you know, and, and, and the way this game is set up, Tom, is that three of the, the tracks are metro tracks. So 50% of the point scoring is metro tracks. And then you've got the metro drivers that go and drive in other regions as well. So hence there's a price tag on their head. Yeah, that's exactly right. You only got to look at um, Josh Gallagher, top driver at Newcastle this season. So... There's plenty of points in these young drivers and, and they don't mind travelling and, and they're consistent with their drives, upwards of a 1,000 per season. So um, they're going to win a lot of races and unfortunately you can't have them all. They love to chase the dollar and we've, we're going to have to pay the dollar if we want to get them into our fantasy team, aren't we? So um, no surprises that if you look at the overall list, uh, once we've got five of the top six drivers are, are based in the metro and then obviously there's a few more through the top 10 as well so let's have a look at it Cameron Hart's the he's one of our ambassadors he is the highest price driver in fantasy harness racing look he's the he's the reigning premiership winner for the metro region so hence that that tells us that he wins more often than anyone else and, and in this game 10 points a win <laughs> that's a proven metric yeah I, I think you know, he's a walk-up start for most people. I think everybody's going to see the list and they're going to go Cam Hart. Even if you're not a great follower of harness racing, you know who Cam Hart is. He's the James McDonald of the harness world. He's a he's a superstar. I think everybody or 90% of people will have him as a walk-up start in their team. Can you pay 10% of your salary cap for him though, Tom? He's $1.34 million. You have to because... There's not much difference between him and the other, you know, five top metro drivers there in terms of price. And Cam's driving 200 winners a season. That's a lot of that's a lot of drives. So a lot of points too, and feature wins as well. So he gets Group Ones almost every week. It feels. Yeah, you got to find if you go down to Jack Trainer, who's fifth on that list. Though you got to find another 350k. Well, that's that's a fair bit. But I mean, you you know the 
the reason there's that price is because he wins. He he he's going to accrue points. So I guess it's a it's a proven method of the madness, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. It's you know they're driving a thousand times a year, so they're going to have. Um, plenty of winners along the way, and you look at Robbie Morris, eleven hundred and fifty drives this season. That's a lot of lot of K's in the car too. So um, you just got to choose. You you got to pick one or pick a couple, but it's very hard to differentiate between Jack Trainer and Cameron Hart because on the big days, Jack wins. All right. So Cameron Hart is he a lock for you, Brett? Cam Hart is a lock, yeah. I think you've got to look at the amount of winners that he had, and obviously he wins more than anybody else, or he has done. But a lot of those wins are black type. I mean, so you're picking up extra points there. And once again, he's, he's one that's willing to travel, but he's also picking up those black type points, which are so valuable. So what do we – I mean, we had Cameron on the, the Sprint Lane podcast recently, and he talked about how, you know, he, in his own humble way, he basically said that, yes, he's a driver in demand. So the, the, the trainers with the best horses – want Cameron to drive for them. So you talked about those black type races. That means that come black type races and, you know, when, when we've got these triple and, and double points up for grabs in a game context, that that means he's going to be on key contenders. So do we do we put extra currency on, on that, Tom? I think so. And you've also got the captain option too. So you can put Cam as your captain and get triple. Uh, or double, sorry, on um, on those double points and triple point yeah, nights. Yeah, so four and six times. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So so valuable. But when you put Cam in, as you said, you're taking 10% of your, your salary cap, so you need to find some value in the metro region. And I think there are a few good ones down the list. All right. So th- that's Cam. Look, Jack Callaghan, um, he might travel a little bit more than Cam. What, what do you think, Tom? I, I, I know you've crunched the numbers and the stats. Um, we see Jack in Newcastle a lot as well so does that make jack a little bit i mean their, their records at metro level on metro tracks are pretty similar yeah and then we see jack turn up in newcastle a bit more back in back on home turf mm. does that i mean you're saving 70 grand with jack calligan well i've got both of them in so i'm oh, i'm, I'm more bags. than yes <laughs> but uh jack's closer he has more drives you're right uh based on the numbers um slightly less wins but He's actually got more placings um, over the season. So it's interesting. And as you said, Jack turns up everywhere. So does Cam. But um, I understand what you're saying with um, Jack going up to Newcastle a little bit more often than Cam. So so just re- so Cam more wins, but Jack more placings. Cam more wins, Jack more placings. With Jack more drives. Only slightly. More drives. So that's got to that's almost even itself out in a way, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. Um, feature wins as well. They're both Group 1 winners. Yeah. They love winning Group 1. So, Gee, yeah. that's food for thought out there, isn't it, Brett? I mean, yeah, if you, if you look it. at it in that context. And one of the things is, too, uh, Cam, you're going to see a lot interstate uh, chasing some of the drives there. Jack, not so much, and that's no uh, difference to him. He's still a very good driver, but he hasn't. Uh, he, he's not going out of the state as much as Cam is at the moment. And as we've pointed out, he... You'll, you're more likely to see him on a Friday night up at Newcastle than you would Cam. Yeah, yeah. Look, I I think you can you can really mount a case for if if it's an either or type scenario, then you can mount a case. Or, or if you're going to go strategically, like it sounds like Tommy's going to go and try and fit both of them in, then you you know you really can't go wrong. Then you you know obviously Tom, you're going to have to you're going to have to f- 
find savings elsewhere in order to do that. Yeah, though. very difficult. And especially at my team at the moment, I've got Amanda in too. So there's $3 million players off the bat. There's yeah. probably 35 40% of the yeah, cap. Yeah. So I've shopped for value. I don't know if I found it yet. Um, still plenty of time before the before the launch on the 10th. So, yeah. All right. Well, I think I can trump you there because I've got Cam, Jack and Amanda – and I've got our next one that we'll talk about. Robbie Morris. Robbie Morris. You've got Robbie in there as well. Gee, you must there. be saving cash somewhere else because Robbie's not that much cheaper than, than Jack. He's at 1.225. Um, and, and they are, those three, and, you know, throw Amanda into the mix then as well on the Western line at 1.195. But those four drivers are significantly more expensive than everyone, everyone else. So, like, in an overall scheme of things, Luke McCarthy's fifth in the prices, and he's $170,000 cheaper than Amanda, the difference between fourth and fifth. So in a metro context, we're talking $200,000 difference between third and fourth on the price list. So in order to fit them all in, that's that that's some dead-set frugalness at other parts of your team, Brett. I must say, I've had to uh, <laughs> hack and slash in a few other areas, but I think with Robbie... Um, you go and get him at, at four meetings a week. Uh, so that's at Newcastle and the, the three metro regions. Uh, plus, you're also probably seeing him at, at Bathurst occasionally as well. So, you know, taking all that into account, I think he's a hard one to leave out of your team. I'll tell you what, I've been on the phone several times to Robbie and, and he's uh, telling me about a road trip he's got to Wagga as well. So don't, don't rule out a full card, you know, across six race meetings for, for the Lucky Lodge team and you know, and Robbie potentially taking some of those drives. I mean, his price has been um, determined heavily by that travel, that their, their preparedness to hit the road and drive at all the tracks that, you know, at least we're talking two-thirds of the race card we think Robbie Morris is going to drive in each week, don't we? That, yeah. That's that's what we've based that on. Yeah, and that's it. And it's, you know, getting those Ks up and riding uh, driving at all those meetings. Yeah, he's... Oh, I, I can't see how you leave him out. But but the, I don't – and I don't say that to be in any way disrespectful to the record Robbie's got either because he's got a great record, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, he does. Uh, plenty of winners. Over 1,150 drives a year, that's almost 200 more than camp. And, you know, over the course of our, our period of six months, there's 100 points on, on average. Yeah. 100 points um, extra without Just for without his up. placings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. I mean, he's he's crunching out serious results. You know, they're they're not just turning up and and spinning the wheels. They're they're turning up and and podium, you know, getting podiums, but a lot of winners, which therefore means a lot of points. So that that might be might be worth to spend there. I, I know that Robbie's one that many have circled as first choice in their team. He gets a lot of freelance drives as well um, yep. on good horses in big races. So I remember the Black Prince. He won on big odds of Group One, maybe yep. a Len Smith. So. Yep. Yeah, he gets good drives outside of his stable as well. And right. just given his strike rate too, I think he's a great choice for captain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you if, if you know that he's going to be driving at you know at three to four tracks and therefore getting minimum minimum twenty five or so points just for appearing, that's uh, yeah, that's not a bad starting point. Luke McCarthy's one that I think is interesting. Um, million dollar price tag, just over a million. Um, you know, he is. He's le- the legit A-lister of of this sort of list of drivers, and yet he doesn't drive as often in a regular sort of 
run-of-the-mill race meet at the moment. Yeah. But, but come carnival time, he's got a price tag on his head because when he turns up, they are they're legit. I've got to say, after the uh, the first two weeks of of the uh, fantasy harness, I'll be making a switch. He'll he'll, get, he'll have he'll to come into the team. team then. Yeah, yeah, through the carnival of miracles, um, he'll be a very very hard one to keep out. Yeah, well, I mean, the you know the, the record speaks for itself. You know, over that carnival of miracles, and we're talking about race meetings where comedy are very prominent. You know, um, Belinda's just his, you know. His partner in crime has just won the premiership for the leading Metro trainer. So that tells you that that stable wins a lot and Luke is the number one driver. So they so they win often enough. Yeah, your recency bias, he's not as active this time of year, but yeah. as Brett said, in a couple of weeks after the start of the season, you're going to have to put him in because those, you know, when we get to the Carnival of Miracles, he is going to win some of those big races. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's not a bad strategy, Brett. You know, after a couple of weeks, you know, make that switch. Who you? I mean, you're going to have to probably move on one of those three or four that you've just mentioned that have got million dollar price tags on their head. And I still don't know who it's going to be. Yeah. So it's um, sleepless nights between now and the uh, start <laughs> of February. So, but I'll get there. I'll get there. All right. Well, just under that million dollar mark is Jack Trainer. Now, Jack Trainer is one of the test cases that we've used for trying to work out a point score system. Now. Jack has Jack's just won the the Metro uh, driving premiership, you know, th- for the season. So that tells you that he wins a lot. He turned up on uh, Breeders Challenge night, won the Len Smith Mile, and won one of the one of the age age series races. Two group ones, seventy seven points there. You make him captain. There's one hundred and fifty four points for the night. That's not a bad return, Tom. Yeah, I think most people, including myself, we, I'm thinking about the quantity. I'm looking at the, the wins. But you look at the win percentage for Jack, and his is a lot higher than anyone else. So although he's not driving week in, week out, uh, he's not, you know, maybe not travelling to Newcastle weekly and Penrith weekly, but when he pops up, he wins races. And he, and he freelance drives as well. So he gets drives outside of his, his training team, and, and he wins on them as well. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's training for himself. Uh, David Thorne's got him as his main, st- main driver. Uh, and you're right, other people are really shouting out free services. I, I, think, I think he's one with, a, with an upward trajectory as well. You know, if we, if we talk about it in, in that context, drivers on the rise, drivers going places. 2023 could be a good year for Jack. He's, he's managed to put a few group ones together in the back half of this year. He might be one that, that might... You know, we talk about drivers out, out driving their price. I, I think he could potentially do that despite being near on a million bucks. I think if we do the stats a month into this, um, we'll go in there and we'll probably find it is most traded in. Yeah. Yeah, I think he'll yeah, be very th- close. You know, come carnival time, particularly if he's if he's doing a bit of driving for, you know, like say Jason Grimson has been a proven big race trainer of late and, and we move into – Big races on Grimo's home track here at Menangle. Um, yeah, I think I think Jack Trainer might be real popular. Brad Hewitt is another one. Now, Brad Hewitt is a he's different to these other guys because he bases himself at Goulburn, so he he moves in between sort of the Metro primary Metro program that we know at Menangle and Penrith. But we see him a lot in the River at Riverina Paceway and doing really well there, and it's not unusual to see him even turn up at, at, at Bathurst. So, uh, you know, he could be a, 
he could be that all-rounder that we're looking for here who, who jumps across a whole heap of tracks at a significantly le- lower price to what you're looking at for Robbie Morris. You know, you, well, the difference there, well, that's $260,000 cheaper. And Brad right, will pop up at those Riverina um, double point meetings, the Carnival of Cups yeah. meetings too. So he'll be more prominent there than some of these other uh, big metro drivers. So, yeah, as you said, very important there. You, have, you, have you got him on your radar, Brett? I do have him on my radar, and I think he's a bit of a smoky as well. As you say, he's um, he's coming in $200,000, $300,000 less than uh, these guys that we've talked about over a million dollars. But, geez, he's... he's doing a lot of driving and he's getting around there and he's going to a lot of regions. So I think he's a smoky and we, we probably don't discuss him as much as we probably should. I think he's I think he's one of the under-the-radar premium options, you know, that, that may not necessarily be the obvious, but if you really started to pour some time into working out who drives where and who does what and, and what success rate looks like at a, at a much cheaper price than those first three that we mentioned... In the, on the price list, he might he could actually potentially deliver very similar outcomes at, at a reduced price. Uh, that I think this next bloke will be the most popular pick in the whole game, based as you've talked about Tom on recency bias. But that in a, in a way is unfair to label it purely on that. And I talk about Josh Gallagher. In recent times, he's been winning in bulk at tracks, particularly at Newcastle. He turns up at Menangle and does well, and he drives at Penrith as well. So there's a handful of those boxes ticks straight away. Travels, turns up at a lot of the tracks that are relevant, and then throw in wins, but not just wins, wins in, in bulk numbers of late. Uh, at 935, we talk about Brad Hewitt being a potential bargain option at, based on on those parameters, well, Josh Gallagher definitely is. Yeah, he ticks all the boxes, Josh. He's leading Newcastle driver this year, which is very interesting. You know, a Metro-based driver under this under these conditions, and he's the, the Hunter's premium track best driver. So 120-plus winners a year, you're going to win races. He wins three or four on a night whenever he chooses. So, And he pops up, as you said, Menangle, Penrith, Newcastle. I'm sure he will travel out to Bathurst if needed. Yeah, and he... And he He's done well in group races too. I mean, and let's not forget, I mean, you know, not, not much more than 12 months ago, he won an Inter-Dominion as well. You know, the, 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 the kid's got serious skin in the game. Yeah, I found him to be the hardest one to leave out, and I did leave him out. You've left him out. I, because wow. I went for those top three. That's not to say that I'm not going to put him in there, but at the moment <laughs> I've left him out, but I'm, I'm starting to seriously reconsider my options. So th- there'll be... I said I thought everyone would have him in, and we've just found one in the the same room as his. And there's another one too. You've left him out as well. I have, I have. Unbelievable. At the moment. I thought I knew you, Blakes. Um, All right, Blake Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, uh, a former premiership winner here here at Menangle. Another one that I think might go under the radar a bit because drives a lot. What do you think, Top? Yeah, I I really like Blake as a driver. He's got a big training team as well. Does that take away from his driving? I know he likes to sort of, you know, push other drivers to his horses, but I've I've left him out just on that. A um, bit of recency bias maybe, Blake taking a, a couple of weeks off. Um, but, yeah, definitely a, a good option there with Blake. What about Gav? What Leaning towards Gavin Fitzpatrick, Brett? Uh, look, once again, we're, we've mentioned people who are probably not driving as much as uh, – 
we're used to, and Gavin's probably one of those ones as well. So, um, I mean, if you if you put him in your team, um, you're not going to be losing out, especially no, he for, wins. Yeah. for eight hundred and twenty five thousand. But yeah, I I couldn't get couldn't get him in my team. But then again, I've gone very top heavy here. I'll tell you the horse that I think is going to do real well through the carnival is Zeus Bromac. And JOK. Yeah. I like I really Zeus like Bromack those and two. JOK mm. and you know, a couple of Paul and Gavin Fitzpatrick nags there. Yeah, I've got an interesting study with Gav. He over the past couple of seasons he's averaging between two fifty to three hundred drives a year for thirty eight winners. And I've got a guy, Will Rickson, um, slightly cheaper in price, seven hundred drives a season for eighty one winners. So I think there's a bit of value there in Will yeah. over Gav. And that's not saying Gav's not a fantastic driver because Paul's Paul's a leading trainer at Penrith for the last two decades almost. So yep. um and Gav's you know, first pick on his horses. So he's Gav's gonna win races, but I have just gone with Will um around nice. that price tag. Sneaky little stat there from you, yeah. Tommy. I like it. See, that's what he brings to the table here, Brett. Yeah, I know. He's uh brings, he's very good at research. He, he I comes like it. With the, the, he picks his targets and snipes at it. That's the accountant in him, the numbers yeah. man. The numbers, yeah, that's <laughs> numbers man. Coming in and crunching the beans, like it. Uh, all right, Leighton Green's one that we've mentioned on the show before. Uh, I, I like Leighton. I, I'm, I'm uh, very tempted to have Leighton in my team, I think, at eight, what is he, 820. What do you think, Tom? I really like Leighton. I think he's a great driver, particularly on uh, Penrith uh, and even Bankstown, the half-mile tracks. I think he's great. Look, I've I've sort of lined him and Chris Geary up, Leighton and Chris, Um I've gone with Chris over Leighton at that price um, just because of the numbers. I don't have them in front of me, but um, from memory, Chris, he took a little bit of time off this year. He went to Queensland, I believe, and he's back and um, Belinda's using him a lot and he's getting a lot of good drives as well. So I really like Leighton. He's an up-and-coming. I think he's only 18 or 19 as well. So he's got plenty of time to... We had Chris Geary on the the sprint lane and and he talked about how because he'd gone away to Queensland and... And he, it's hard to get back into the system because you lose drives and people pick up drives on horses and then trainers like to keep them on. So he's kind of made, a, I guess, a commitment or a, a decision to try and be a bit more prominent and a bit more stable in what he's doing. So I think there might be some, some sort of uh, credentials in what you're talking about there, Tom. Mm. Because if Chris has made a commitment like that to say, all right, I'm going to try and lock in a bit more and get some consistency on some drives, then at that eight, was he eight ten? Mm. It probably makes him good value if if that's the commitment Chris is making because the talent is certainly there, and when he drives, he wins. There's no doubt about and it. I He's think just not getting as many drives of late. Yeah, that's why we had him a little bit lower. I think is because um, we didn't see a lot of him last season. So obviously he was up in Queensland and. And hasn't been driving a lot of late, but he, yeah, I think we might have uh, underplayed him a little bit here. Yeah, I mean, you know, if if that's what the future looks like, we, we can easily get caught up as Tommy's termed it recency bias. You know, we you know, we, we might be letting one uh, letting one go there. A uh, couple in and around that price, Ricky Alchin. No, Ricky Ricky mainly drives his own horses, so uh, and he's got some great ones, and we saw some good ones come through, particularly the Bathurst Gold Crown Carnival, yes, last year. So. I'd be keeping an eye on what those horses are doing in the lead up to those carnivals because Ricky potentially could have some absolute weapons yeah. there in his stable that's, that he's driving in the marquee point scoring opportunity races. That's where you've got to use your trades to your advantage. You've got to monitor it. 
find out, you know, if Bathurst is this week, is, has he got a feature runner in? And if he's, because a lot of his horses are well in the market in those feature races as well. So, yeah, you've got to keep your trades. You've got to keep monitoring it because, as you said, they do pop up. I think he's a little bit like a, a Luke McCarthy where we don't seem sort of the, the week in, week out, travelling a lot and picking up those points that way. But um, when he's got a good one, then I think that's where you try and trade him in. And whether that's in February or March when we head in towards Gold Crown, um, I think he's one to definitely keep an eye on. Uh, Sophia Arvidsson has made it very, very known that she uh, focuses primarily on the trotters. So where we've got these big trotters races, and, and there's, a, there's trotters races on each program, and she's very good at getting winners on trotters. So, you know, there's, there's trotters races on every race meeting uh, going around at Menangle. So do we – is she one that you can sort of have because you know that you're definitely going to get some, maybe some, some higher point score value out of Sophia? What, what do you think, Brett? Yeah, I, she's not getting as many drives um, as a lot of the ones that we're mentioning here, but the drives that she has are quality. I mean, she if she's got two in a meeting, you'd expect one of those to win. If she's got one at a meeting, I think they usually go and win, especially if it's one of her horses. I mean, she knows those horses inside and out and loves them. So I think she – I actually have her in my team, um, and I think – as we progress, I think she might pick up a few more drives as well for uh, for other trainers. All right. Well, Davey Morris turns up, and and uh, it's not unusual to see Dave pop up and you know and be winning winning races at Menangle on a Tuesday, on a on a Saturday. Uh, we see him at Penrith, and he performs there. So there's there's someone at a lower price point at seven sixty that I think you know is worth keeping an eye on because he does pick up winners. Will Rickson's one that you've already mentioned, Tom. I, I like the value in Will. Um, one of the things Will has told me several times is Penrith is his favourite track. I've I've been one who's sort of said I think you ignore Penrith at your at your own peril in this game. That's where I see the value in Will, and that is not to dilute what he does at Menangle either, because he does good things there and he drives at Bathurst. Yeah, and he, he drives for the good stables as well because because of how good he is. He's only young as well, so he's only going to improve. Eighty one winners this season, very impressive. Yep, seven forty five. I think uh, I think you got a good one there, Darren Binskin, uh, always at the Menangle meetings. So and you know usually crops up with a winner uh, when he goes around. Glenn McElhenney is one that we identified early in the piece, Brett, as a, a kind of a an unusual point scorer. In, in so much as he does get winners every now and again, but he gets a lot of thirds and fourths. Now, I think you can ignore that stat um, to your own detriment because it, all those thirds and fourths add up, are going to add up to a decent point score as someone who's going to come in at 585000 If you're looking for a, a value player who's going to get you more than just those one participation points, sort of scores, I think GMAC could actually be a handy pickup. It's kind of like a, an NRL player. You've got your Latrell Mitchells who are scoring tries and picking up points like that. This guy, he's doing the hit-ups. Yeah. He's constantly, he's doing 30 hit-ups a game, picking up points here, there, you know, little ones here, little ones there. Yeah, a, a, and a very good price point too at 585k. Jack Brown, uh, he's one we've mentioned a few times. Young bloke on the rise. I think he he's one of those ones with that upward curve that we expect good things of in 2023. So, um, you know, eligible for claims as well. Yeah. We've already heard about 
you know, um, David Thorne on the sprint lane talking about Penrith being a, a leader bias track and 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 the the young drivers who get the claim get pole position. Jack Brown fits all fits that category. Yeah, I know Jack Trainer's got a very big opinion of Jack Brown as well. I'm I'm more looking at um, Jim Douglas at this price at around this price level. Um, five or close to five hundred drives a year, hundred placings. So wow. he doesn't win out of turn, but he's always there and about um, Jimmy Douglas. And I've got an interesting stat here actually. One of the horses he, he drives regularly, Flying Pegasus, trained by Ian Wilson. He's drove it two hundred and thirty-two times for eighteen wins and sixty-five places. The one horse, um, I can't places. believe it. I couldn't believe it when I was reading it. I mean, that, you know, five points for second, three points yep. for third. You know, it, that, that's that's good points accrual right there. So yeah, Jimmy Jimmy popped up recently with a couple of winners at Menangle. He had winner at Menangle, at, you know, in a midweek recently as well. So. Yeah, not not a bad option there. Seton Grimer we saw with a double at Menangle just recently. Sean Grayling's one that we we saw pick up three winners on a night at Menangle just recently. You know, so they're all in around that low five hundred mark. I, th- I, I think, think Seton is a uh, a very good choice. Once again, got him in my team. I think probably underpriced him here at five hundred and fifty. He's um, I think he's ready to explode too. I he's that good a driver. I think yeah. he's uh, he's ready to go. Yeah. Well, you're getting you're getting value there at uh, 550k. So, you know, if we go with that top heavy strategy of the guys that we talked about at the top of the show, you're going to need to find these, you know, three to 600k drivers. You're going to need a few of them, and I think Seaton fits that fits that bill. Uh, I, I'm interested in what Steph Morris presents here at 380k. We Steph drives a lot at at Menangle, uh, particularly in the midweeks. We see her at Penrith. And um, I've I, I'm always having a joke with Steph about her her ability to pop up and win a a, a race at, at a price. She drives a lot for Leon Jerd, mm. um, and I think at three eighty she represents a bit of value. Tommy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, Steph's a great driver. She loves coming to Bankstown and winning races there too. And she pops up at prices every now and then. Drives for Leon. Leon's got a lot of horses. I know Chris Geary's um, on a few of Leon's horses this time of the year and. Yeah, I think Steph had a winner the other week and big prices. I heard a bit of a bit of a whisper about Sam Hewitt uh, out at Menangle recently. Some people talking they thought Sam Hewitt was a bit of value at three hundred and ten k. Seaton's brother Bryson, you can get him just under under three hundred. Grant Forrest drives a lot at Menangle in the midweeks, uh, particularly with trotters. So at, at two ninety five, uh, what is it two not two eighty for Grant? So. Could be a bit of value there. I think he's one to uh, put in the back pocket because once we get into those big trots races, the Group Ones, um, he'll be there. Yeah. So, but also the Tuesday meetings, we've got one or two every Tuesday. So, yeah, he's he's one to keep in the back pocket. Lucas Rando's one we've talked about a fair bit on the show. I mean, only recently had a had a night where he put three winners in a row together at Penrith. So, at two hundred and seventy-five, I would expect him to be one of the most popular selections in the whole game. You know, it's you're going to need to have some some one or a couple of people in and around that price point um, on in that lower line for yep. you, for your team. So, I think at two seventy-five, Lucas Rando is going to be one that you're going to need in your team. Yeah, and I've got um, Lucas, Ashley DeLos is a great price as well, and Hannah Rickson. They're, they're three of the bargains. You can pr- probably put two of them in your team, uh, yeah. one bench player, and, and sort of rotate them that way. But that's how you save a bit of money to get to get the big guys. But they're still churning out winners week to week, and 
Lucas, he, he drives for Paul Fitzpatrick at Penrith um, every now and then. So he's got, you know, people got a good rapport of him. Harrison Ross, really low down. I mean, he's one that I know that a couple of trainers have got as one of those rising stars that we might see a bit more of next year. So, look, I, I guess, you know, we, it's a big list. There's a, there's a lot of people there on that list, but there is value to be found. Uh, you are going to need to get some people at that lower price point in your team in order to fit in the, the higher price ones. Now, whether it's at the metro line that you decide to get the lower price ones, I think that's where the most options are at the lower price point. Um, but, you know, it is a difficult assignment just assembling seven drivers in the metro line, isn't it, Tom? Because, because there are so many to choose from. I mean, we've just talked for half an hour yeah. about and we, we haven't even talked about half of them yeah terribly difficult and um yeah v- very hard to fit them all in um the, you've got to put some of the big guys in because they're the ones getting the numbers in comparison to the other regions i think the metro region's the best for value um particularly around that 600 mark we spoke about plenty of them so i, I, I really like the metro region but if you go for value in the metro region mm. you can only have a, a certain quota of drivers does that minimise your opportunity to go the real big guns. It depends what your strategy is. If yeah. you try and, you know, get a couple at the value of about 600, 700, you can't fit the big guys in. But if you put the big guys in, then you rely on people, um, you know, down the list at 200, 300, 400. So yeah. it just depends what your strategy is. Yep. And on some of those lines, it is difficult to get some of those, what, what you know, and what a bargain is, is really your own perception, mm. really, because it's all, it's all trying to forward project and, and that, but, um, as we've said, on some of those lines that the things that we assume might be bargains don't aren't necessarily as obvious on other lines. So it might be the metro line you have to get. Uh, all right, we're probably confused everyone even more without <laughs> Brett. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're we're just three idiots sitting around a table, and if you're uh, taking our <laughs> tips, you you might be going bad. But no, we uh, hopefully we've cleared up a few things. There. Look, it's it's about I guess it's about helping people run that run the rule over some of these people and, and try and help present an argument for and against and and throw some names up there that might not necessarily pop off the page mm. when you're looking at the screen and saying, well, you know, because it's so easy to just to scroll, scroll, scroll. Oh, I know that person, man. But, but you know, well, I feel like we've presented a bit of a case. You know, Tommy, your numbers are, are going to be really valuable there, I think, for people to come up with some rational decisions around who may or may not get a spot in their team. I mean, it's there's, there's nothing guaranteed in it. We know that. You know, it's racing. Yeah, I've changed my team five or six times in the last couple of days. Every time I log in and have a look, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly changing. So the team i got now will be vastly different from the 10th. Yeah, all right. Well, I hope that's helped some people out. We uh, enjoy bringing it to you. We're going to continue to push out some content uh, in the lead-up to launch of the game on the 10th of January. Can't wait to bring it to you. Hope that's helped you out. If not, uh, keep listening and maybe the answers are in other episodes, but uh, we'll we'll do our best. Paul Cochran with you. Thanks to Brett Skelly. Thanks to Tommy Swiderski. We'll catch you next time on Fantasy Harness Racing, the podcast. Mm-hmm.